Greetings, great champion called by grace. I am Fia. Circumstances have compelled my stay at the Round Table Hall. Great champion, would you allow me to hold you? But briefly, perhaps you might share with me some of your lively vigor and your stout-heartedness. Doing so will grant me the warmth of a champion. And you, I am sure, will bear a Balderkin's blessing. Do you think it vulgar, perhaps? Where I come from, it is a sacred act. Hello there, and welcome to episode 33 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the millennia to my Radon, John. John, you're going to have to bring the energy this week. No. <laughs> Not a chance, man. What? We got a catered lunch today, ate more food than I possibly should have. <laughs> I'm drinking my third soda. Which, you know, so I think I'm mid-sugar crash while trying to increase the sugar crash. And it's proving to be very ineffective. Um, so, Alright, nah. so this is just going to be our lowest energy yeah. podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to change it up today. Alright, well hopefully video games will give you some energy. Yeah, yeah inevitably when we talk about the, that banger of an episode again, I'm sure we'll, we'll bring it all out. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in news, the DualSense Edge is out, John. Mm. We didn't get one. No, I wish we could. I wish Sony, if you're listening. I know we say we uh, we don't you know play by those rules and don't get free things, but we're we're up, open to it. But no, no, no DualSense Edge on our end. Yep. Yeah. And no, nobody we know has gotten one. So, oh well. Chances you get it? Any chance? Very slim. Yeah. Very very slim. I did. Uh, I did. Chance. I did bring it up to Nick yesterday, where I, I have trying. You know, I have my little side fund, as most of us do, and. You know, I was thinking, hmm, Nick, should I pull the trigger and literally buy a DualSense Edge today? Or should I save that and then maybe push it towards a PSVR 2? And I think we're leaning towards the latter. But, yeah, you know, don't be surprised, folks, if I come in one day. And, you know, I might surprise Nick with it, too, and just pull out a DualSense Edge. Because that's how, that's how I operate. I want you mid-show to reach into your pants yeah. oh. and, and, and whip out the DualSense Edge. <laughs> just whip it out. Just be like, John is undoing his pants. He's whipping He's it out. He's reaching inside. <laughs> and there's a DualSense Edge in there. And it's horrible. <laughs> I hate it. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I am not a competitive gamer, you know, as we've discussed. The only thing I play competitively is Rocket League. But, you know, being in Elden Ring right now, it would be nice to bind some things to back buttons. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure. At just $200. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that makes it that worth it. But, right. again, I have no self-control. Yeah. yeah. Things might change if we got our hands on it. And we're like, wow, this feels really good. Yeah. But uh, for now not the case uh if you're listening and you got your hands on one please send in your impressions and we'll read them out loud here so yeah all right so let's move on into that form the format of, oh one more thing i wanted to talk oh. about last of us got a season two renewal uh, yeah just what like an hour or two ago right <laughs> yeah the hot off the presses not a surprise yeah <laughs> not a surprise i don't think you never I've, know you never know i mean you you know especially with something that is a property in a medium that is a very popular medium, but you know, older folks don't typically be able to play video games, so you never know if these things are going to catch up or catch on. But not, well, we won't get into the show right now because we have that discussion yeah. later. But uh, yeah, not surprising. Awesome news. Can't wait to see what it is. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll see where we'll see where the season ends, and then we can uh, in our discussion for that. Yeah, speculate on where they're going to go uh, for the for season two and how much they'll cover. Yep. So. All right, now we can move into the show, and this is how it works. We each bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. And I am going to kick things off with our returning segment, the DEFCON level. As you heard last week, we raised it to a level three as we inch closer and closer to the release of PSVR 2 that there's Sony's probably going to have a showcase or a state of play to cover this. Uh, its competitor, which we'll get in later, Microsoft had one this week, but nothing from Sony. But by the time we podcast next, it will be February, and we will be three weeks away from the PSVR 2. So knowing all this, John, where are we at on the DEF CON level? You raising it? Lowering it? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Because I do think Sony puts together a state of play, specifically a state of play for PSVR 2. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be that big blowout showcase that I feel like we all want and are speculating about. So, I think I will leave it at a 3. However, if there was a specific DEF CON just for a PSVR 2 state of play, I'd raise that to a 2. I think there's a, there's a possibility that we see that maybe next Thursday. You know, yeah. I, if, from, if memory serves me correctly, I feel like when we get these hyper-specific state of plays, Ghost of Tsushima got one, uh, Horizon got one, Ragnarok got one, yeah. they were typically about three weeks out yeah. from what I can remember. So I think, I think we're, we're getting closer to that, but I still think we're at a three, uh, if not further out for the big, the big showcase that we really all truly want. Okay, but this is for either or. So are you raising it? No. Uh, mm. <laughs> This is for an Sony event of any kind. John, mm-hmm. <laughs> John's smiling. <laughs> yeah, it's a, two. smiling. it's a two. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, I was gonna. I'm raising mine to a two yeah, too. Because I think that I think that makes we're sense. We're again three weeks away by the time the next show will air. So I think hopefully by Thursday of next week we would have a state of play. Twenty minutes. Showing some PSVR 2 of Gran Turismo and everything else. I don't think it'll be anything game-breaking. Maybe ends on a big announcement for later this year, like an Astros play a playroom or something like that for PSVR 2. But yeah. and that was going to be my question: is like, okay, first off, what percent chance is there there that you think that there is not a conference or state of play at all for VR 2? Like, what percent would you put that at? Zero percent? Ten percent? Sony's so weird right now. Like we've said before, they should have had an event 30 times over at this point. But uh, for just this year in general, not just PSVR 2. So I can't, I don't always want to predict what they're doing because it seems with this Blizzard acquisition from Microsoft, they're just so quiet on exclusive games any kind of deals that they're making because that will contradict their arguments no. <laughs> for why Microsoft should buy Activision Blizzard. That I don't know, but so there's that chance there, but I think for PSVR 2, they'll do it. Yeah, and that's kind of my thought. You know, the reason I say that is they've been exceptionally forthcoming with news about this thing, just scattershot over the last six months. Yeah. To the point where we we know the games that are at least, you know, they've had the blog announcement of these are our launch games. Mm-hmm. They've had... 
the you know call of the mountain like showing it off a little bit they've had all the tech you know the eye tracking the foveated rendering it's like I feel like if you do have a state of play, you almost need to have that, like you said, Astro or Half-Life or yeah, some, a, one new. more big app, you know, one yeah. more big game. Otherwise, like, yeah, we have. I feel like we have the information we need. So, right. you know, just to put a state of play out there to get people hyped as a marketing tool, if anything, just to, like, get some more, you know, headlines and, and clicks mm -hmm. uh, makes sense. But I, I do think if they do that, they need to bring, bring, bring us a new game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's enough to just show, hey, here's Gran Turismo and here's Resident Evil. Right, right. So. There'd have to be something added added that we don't know about. But even but, but even still, a, a state of play always will get eyes on it that aren't normally reading the PlayStation blog, not listening to PlayStation Pals podcast, mm -hmm. you know, not hounding all the information, you know, because usually state of plays or showcases are a bigger deal. So they bleed as, into as, the... as we've talked about with all these stupid showcases we saw last year, the multiple, so many of them that they just get additional views. So. Yeah, it, it it could be a weak it, showcase. It bleeds yeah. into the CNN front pages, yeah. and the, or at least the sidebars. You know, you'll see like right. Sony talks about new VR set, whatever. You know, when right. those things on. So, yeah, I'm comfortable at it too for some right. uh, for some stuff. Okay, so we raised the DefCon level again. We are at a two. Woo. All right, moving on into some news. This is not surprising, but. Marvel's Avengers, the game from Crystal Dynamics that came out two and a half years ago, a game that I talked about on this very podcast uh, that you can play on PlayStation Plus Extra if you subscribe, is ceasing development. This was announced from Crystal Dynamics itself that after their two and a half year journey of introducing Earth's Mightiest Heroes following update 2.8 on March 31st, 2023, we will no longer add new content or features to Marvel's Avengers. All official support for the game will end on September 30th, 2023. At that date, it will be delisted from stores, uh, digital storefronts. Uh, and what this means for all the content in the store is it'll all be made free on March 31st and any remaining credits you have will be converted to resources. Uh, John, what do you think about all this? Um, I think it's expected, inevitable. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, ever since this game launched, it's only underperformed and yeah. you know not, not met expectations. Um, but I know I do know there are people out there that are enjoying it, hence why it's still running to this day. But I think just you know with the lackluster reception, um, the uh, acquisition of uh, Crystal Dynamics through Embracer Group, you know yep. that kind of changing hands the past. Um, I don't know when that all went down. It was maybe like it was six last months. Year. It was last month, like six months, eight months ago. Um, a lot of it just makes sense, you know. That I think as a parent company is is changing hands, they're going to want to reevaluate things, see what's making them money, what's not, and I'm sure that the budget just to keep this game going is pretty substantial. Um, mm -hmm. So they're probably just yeah looking to shed the weight, realize that there's not a future for it. Maybe they, you know, take it and try and go back and learn something from what they they did with this and make a different kind of uh, live service game eventually, but. It was the right move to sunset this. You yep. know, it wasn't going to gain steam. It was not going to have its No Man's Sky moment where it came back and all of a sudden everybody had to play it. Um, that's, that's what I have in my notes. Is no never Man's had its Taken King moment, which yep. is the Destiny 1 moment where Destiny became a big deal because it had one of the best expansions yeah. and fixed a lot of the things that were broken with it. Or but. Final Fantasy XIV, Realm yep. Reborn. Like, there's a lot of examples of this kind of stuff. Yeah. 
But it's just from top to bottom, like, you know, every single DLC that came out, it's like initially it was like, hey, we're bringing Spider-Man. And then yeah. like, that just took forever. It took fucking forever. <laughs> and then obviously on top of the fact that Spider-Man was a PS, a PlayStation exclusive character, the Black Panther stuff seemed like it took forever. Um, just not a great, not a great outing for the Avengers, man. Like the biggest IP in the world when it was announced. And, you know, you would have thought a little bit more from it. But... I do know some content creators that really had, you know, hundreds of hours with it, enjoyed their time. I'm sure I'm sure they're sad, but, you know, ready to move on. Yeah, and it did. I mean, it existed all through COVID, so, I mean, that probably hurt it as well. It was not getting up to, like you mentioned, the Spider-Man update up out there right away and allow the bigger updates faster, you know. <laughs> that is interesting, yeah, I bet, but... Because that was the beginning of COVID too, so they're probably like mm-hmm. learning how to how to work from how to transition all that stuff. So probably makes sense why it took so long, but not surprising. Yeah. I never played it. Um, you know, it's got a lot of things I don't like about games. So <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So I believe the rumor is Tomb Raider is going to be coming next from Crystal Dynamics. Is that what you want them to be working on? Did they do Guardians? Who did Guardians? That was Square Enix Montreal. Mm. Blue Bracer also so, got. Okay, so not them. Okay. Yeah. Then yes, probably. I mean, I am not super... I'm honestly not super familiar with Crystal Dynamics. I did play the uh, first Tomb Raider reboot. Yep. Um, I glanced at Rise of the Tomb Raider, which I always found funny because IGN ranks that as like the 26th best game of all time, <laughs> yeah. which is weird. Which um, is the second game in the reboot. The second game in the reboot, and I did not touch Shadow. So like... That was not them. That was not them? No, they were, they were working on Avengers at that time, okay. so it was a different studio. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like Tomb Raider, it's just I always wanted to play Uncharted instead, so, you know. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I would rather them probably just come out with their new IP, like, you know, go, of course. go back to the drawing table, you know, find something new, and, um, you know, they developed Gex and Legacy of Kane. Bring back Legacy of Kane. See if you can figure out a way to make that relevant again. Make that you know be a, an IP that people want to attach onto. Because I think Tomb Raider is great, but Tomb Raider is not gaining fans. Like Tomb Raider is Tomb Raider, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's uncharted light, and that's not a bad thing. That's perfectly fine. I just don't know if that's like it's not setting the world on fire. It's not getting no. people all hot and bothered about what the next thing is from from right, that team. So. Right. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, what about you, man? Um, I would be fine if they did Tomb Raider. I've liked that uh, reboot trilogy. Did you play all three? Yeah, I did play all three. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so um, I, I think it's a great franchise. I think, you know, they're a great developer, that's for sure. I, you know, Avengers notwithstanding. I mean, there are things about Avengers 2 like, but those Tomb Raider games were, were really, really good. And so, yeah, I would hope that they if they do that, I wouldn't be upset. But I, I'm like you. I love new IPs, you know. Let's do a new, a new third-person action game of some kind. I'm always for that. So. Yeah, and I mean, maybe they're right now. Um, they're actually on loan uh, to Microsoft, right? And, you know, they're they're helping oh, out with the right. Perfect Dark game. That's right. So you know, that seems to be a little inconspicuously absent as well. You know, we haven't heard a lot about Perfect Dark, but you know, at the same time, maybe a silver lining is they're learning some things over there. You know, if, assuming it's a first-person game, maybe they can take some of the stuff they're they're you know tweaking over there, bring it to their themselves when they you know work on their thing, and you know. Yeah. Go from there, but yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, since they're working with the initiative over with over with Microsoft and um, you know the changing of the guard with their parent companies, I wouldn't expect anything from them for a little bit. No, not at all. Yeah. But at least they're moving on. Yeah. All right, so let's move on as well. Cool. 
All right, so uh, we just got kind of the first cycle of the big uh, big reviews for some some AAA games coming out this uh, this coming year, and so I just wanted to kind of go over them, see what our what thoughts are, and you know if this is what we were expecting or, or not. So those two games in question, and we can talk about further if there's any other games you want to talk about, Nick. Nope. But I brought two big ones. Nope. Um, those two, I'm sure you can probably guess them: <laughs> uh, Forspoken and the Dead Space remake. Um, yep. So. Kind of a tale of two cities with, with these two. I think one is one is wildly overperforming and one is underperforming a bit. So um, just yeah, right off the cuff here, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the bad news, right? Yeah. Uh, anybody who is looking forward to Forspoken, it's not being received particularly well. It's it's currently sitting at a 69 uh, on Open Critic, and this is of course from Luminous Productions, uh, Square Enix own team who did Final Fantasy 15. Um, so. Yeah, sitting at a 69, it seems like all of our fears that we kind of had about this game are kind of coming to light. Um, Very bland open world. The movement system isn't as fluid as you would hope. The writing is cringy a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just seems like a lot of design choices were just poor ones. And so... You know, it's definitely landing in that, okay, this is going to be on PlayStation Extra here soon. But, (laughs) you know, Nick, A, is this surprising? And B, is there anything that this game can do for you to get you to play it? Uh, Not surprising at all. Uh, Again, the demo was the writing on the wall. You heard it on this very podcast. You heard it in our yay, nay, or may segment. Mm -hmm. We knew that this game was going to do bad. When you've been gaming as long as we have, it's the sixth sense now. Uh, so not shocked at all about that. It is a bummer because this is again was a big PlayStation exclusive. It's been featured in a lot of yeah. state of plays and showcases, and uh, to start the year off this kind of week is is a bummer. But uh, and as far as what they could do to get me to play it, not a thing. Sure. I, nothing here is nothing here was great. Again, as you mentioned, the writing is cringy. It has an option to the. To tone down how much you hear them banter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> every every review seems to recommend that you do that, which is not a great sign. Like, what a what a waste of talent and writing. Um, and and then the game just doesn't play well, and it's a bland open world. Like, I I just don't have time. Yeah. As we've mentioned on this show, there's just so many good games out there. I might as well jump into Persona Five Royal before this and. Uh, Chorus and all the other games, Resident Evil Two. There's so many games that I should rather be playing than this. So there's not, there's just no chance. I don't, and I don't think this game will get its Taken King or No Man's Sky moment. I don't. No, I I, I see this game honestly. The it, kind of a very similar Sony second party comparison would be probably like the Order 1886, where that game came out, did not get received very well off the bat but as time went on there were some people who would sing their praises and be like hey guys you should maybe look at this it's not as bad as you thought and i could see this game kind of going down that same path if you find the person who's like i just really love grindy ubisoft open world games and you know a couple years i want to hey guys check out for spoken it's kind of cool it's got cool particle effects but i i'm with you i don't think there's time for this one and weirdly enough it's a shockingly short campaign for um an open world game like this i've I've seen reviews saying as short as 10 hours to do the main Mm -hmm. campaign which is you know i'm not a guy that's going to come out there and say that this game is trash because it's short like i think there are beautiful games that are short we just talked about one with what remains of edith finch but there is something to be said about an open world game and having things to do and and if you're only existing in that world and granted you're mainlining it but for 10 hours that's just it's 
right. bad news. Bad news yeah. bears. Well, it's funny because you mentioned that because Nemesis of the show, Jake's email that we read is very similar. Like a year from now, as you mentioned, this game could probably be pretty okay, mm-hmm. you know, with, with patches and and uh, updates. It could be a, a much better game. It could fix a lot of the things with the combat and the camera that uh, reviewers have been complaining about. But uh, they will, probably won't fix the writing, so. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just wild. Like, you know, it's it's rare that Sony backs a prop, like, you know, puts up the money for exclusivity and it's a miss. So there's that's kind of weird about it. And then, you know who wrote for this game, right? No. Amy Hennig oh. wrote for this game. You know, people, the lady who brought us uh, Uncharted 2, and I believe she even did 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like what happened. <laughs> like maybe she maybe she didn't write like the dialogue. Maybe she wrote some other stuff or had a very small part. I'm of it. I'm not but. as high on her anymore. Yeah, because because she went and moved. It's obviously, she got kicked off of Uncharted Four, and then she went on to uh, the Dead Spaces team to make that canceled Star Wars game that yeah she tanked that studio. So she's she I don't I I don't have much stock in her. She almost and has kind of a has similar this. career trajectory to like Jade Raymond, who like <laughs> came out so strong immediately at Assassin's Creed two and like just made a name for herself and then like kinda like you look at her history, it's like, well then you went to this and that kind of failed and then you went to Stadia and that kind of failed. And so it's like why why are we giving your name so much credence anymore? So yeah. I I see that. But it, it is still wild that it's just like from the writer of Uncharted brings you Cuff yeah. <laughs> and Freya. It's like, okay. But yeah, uh, but yeah so uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, something that I think is very, very cool to see, especially for me, because I loved the original back in 2008, uh, is the Dead Space remake. And that one is sitting at a very healthy, very, very healthy 90 Incredible. on Open Critic. Incredible. And, uh, you know, for those out there who pay attention, that's two full points higher than The Last of Us remake mm-hmm. at an 88. So uh, I, I thought this game was going to be great. I didn't probably think it was going to get up to the 90s, but kind of the same same questions here, Nick. You know, did this surprise you? Did the score surprise you? And what is it going to take to make you play? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to want to play it once you can. Well, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it's this high. This is this is great. I, we've talked on the show about Dead Space. It's a great franchise. It's really, really good. It, I don't play very many survival horror games, but this is my favorite. So it, it, this is just great news around that they they did a the game a great service by properly remaking it, changing things up, removing parts that didn't work, adding more story elements. And I didn't even remember this, but Isaac didn't talk. Yeah, and they, I, <laughs> I could have swore he talked. <laughs> yeah, and they added it to the game, and all those, all these, everything I'm reading about it, it sounds great. It's and it, the reviewers all love it. So that's uh, kind of the the takeaway I'm seeing as well is that it seems like the general consensus is Motive did a beautiful job of adding things that only benefit the game. Of Jade Raymond. Yeah, speaking of Jade Raymond, who founded Motive. Um, <laughs> the things that they added only improved it, and they did not add things that detracted it, and they did a good job keeping it faithful, but also making it feel slightly fresh, um, you know, which is a hard thing to do. And, mm. uh, you know, I think right now, just kind of to put all the chips on the table, right now there is some performance issues I've been reading uh, with the play- PlayStation 5 version, a lot of anti-aliasing um, and some bad textures and things, but that'll, that'll get passed out here very shortly. I'm sure the team over at Motive is is on high alert today to make sure that any <laughs> any issues that arise, you know, they get taken care of quickly. So I would expect to see that taken care of soon, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go out and buy this game, I think, as soon as I can. Um, 
you know, especially if I can get trade in God of War, put that towards this, and I'm probably looking at 25, 30 bucks for it. So not a bad deal at all. Um, you know, Nick, is there, you want to say anything to the audience? Right, Is now a good time? Yeah, to go, kinda, go ahead and sure. announce it. So Nick and I have been thinking, you know, we want to kind of keep growing the growing the show and doing things that we can we can to make it more exciting, keep people coming back. And so we thought it might be a good idea um, to have a dedicated show. We're going to try to shoot for once a month uh, where we both sit down long form and talk about one game that we both have played. Um, it's going to be tough, you know, with my life as with kids and things like that. <laughs> Sometimes it might be shorter game experiences. It might not be the biggest AAA game of the month, but we want to just kind of start to branch out in ways we can. So we were thinking Dead Space Remake might be a great first game to do. Uh, we're both familiar with the original. Um, so we were thinking of the end of February um, of having a, a standalone podcast. This will not replace an episode of PlayStation Pals. This will be its own thing, uh, aiming for about an hour, but you know, wanted to kind of start doing some, mm-hmm. some other things. And so... Um, you know, we'll definitely make sure that we guys we keep you guys apprised of that when it gets a little bit closer. Um, but ninety on Open Critic seems like a perfect game to, to start with. And, and especially, I just the, the on this bonus episode is because we talked about God of War for like three hours. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure people out there, you know, it, it, it's it's hard because you know it's like well we, we're gonna have a spoiler discussion for a game that's two weeks old that most people listening to this podcast are either probably like it's just it didn't flow yeah. very well, yeah. right? And I think you guys probably understood that we did too so figure out a way to have these nice in-depth discussions but know that as a listener you're here for this thing not like well i wanted this part of the podcast and then the next hour is just god of war so we we understand that we get that and so yeah and and if you're not if you haven't beat the game by the time you listen that we release it you can always go back Mm -hmm. you know and you know that that episode is dedicated to that game yeah so so in that same vein if there are any games that you guys would love to hear us talk about, any things that you know we've talked about in the past or mentioned that you would like a deeper dive in, whatever the case, you know, uh, write it in. Not you know, can't promise that we'll get to it immediately or whatever mm-hmm. the case, but um, even if they're old games, you know, Nick and I, I think we both agree that the best game ever made is Zelda: A Link to the Past. I'm not saying we go back and play Zelda: A Link <laughs> to the Past, but you know, I'm open to it. I'll 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 badger Nick until he submits as well. Depends how playable it is. Like, yeah, shut up. Keep in mind it has to be playable Please on the a PlayStation. Audience, Nick. Well, if they pick a, a game I don't have a, a way to play it on, yeah, let's then... play Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. That's a great game. <laughs> but buying N64 right now, damn it. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, this is, this is a great idea, and we think it'll it'll uh, the listeners will enjoy it. So yeah. So um, look forward to that. But um, but yeah, that's all I really had for for those two. Um, just also small games that that came out. Seasons did just release, uh, which is a small artsy looking indie game. I think it currently has a 79. I'm checking right now, which uh, yep, 79, which is pretty decent for that kind of game. You're either into those things or you're not. So <laughs> well, it's funny because we talked about that. I, th- I think it was last just last week about it coming to uh, or no, it was, it was two episodes ago about com- it coming to. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, like day and date, because nobody's gonna buy it. And then when, uh, we totally missed that it was coming out like three weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops! And totally not on Extra, right? No, it is not. No. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it will one day. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty. It does look pretty though. It's got a good art style, but just looks kind of kind of boring, right? In my opinion. So. Yep, let's move on. Let's move along, my friend. All right. So while Sony didn't have a state of play or <laughs> didn't have showcase, shit. Microsoft, on the other hand, did. And as John and I talked about in the episode after the Game Awards, last year was pretty rough for Microsoft. 
Uh, not only did they not have an, a single presence at the Game Awards at all, they didn't have a single first-party release last year. Uh, Starfield was supposed to come out and then got delayed into who God knows where. And I, in that very podcast, John said that they don't do state of plays. They don't do uh, these these events like Sony does. And I guess, you know, Phil Spencer was listening because first thing, <laughs> first month of the new year, they announce a new feature, and that is the Microsoft Developer Direct. And leading up to this, they were pretty upfront. They said that we're going to have four games there, and we'll touch on those. And... Uh, yeah, it was overall, to me, a cool show because they did something very cool, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's let's just get into the announcements and then we can uh, talk about that. Uh, the first game that they brought is Minecraft Legends. This is coming April 18th from Mojang. This is coming to PlayStation 5. Uh, it is a strategy game in the Minecraft universe. You can like build bases, attack other players. Uh, build hordes of monsters, recruit hordes of monsters. Uh, I will be upfront that this is not John and I's jam. We are not Minecraft fans in the least. Uh, I might be one day once my son gets into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see. It'll <laughs> be your next co-op game you'll yeah. be talking about. Uh, and I believe I, when I asked John, did you watch this direct, he said, no, I turned it off in the first three minutes because of this game. <laughs> I did say that. Probably shouldn't have. I was just tired, but yeah, it it was it was the game. But I also, and this might just be me being again crotchety old man. I just didn't like I didn't like the way it started. Of like, here's all of our developers walking out and showing us all. Like, Look, hey, we're finger gunning people and we're high fiving. And it's just like, Egh. I'd rather have just just be a void like. If we're past the ages of you know Shuhei Yoshida's and and who's the the guy that used to be for PlayStation who everybody loved Kevin Butler, yeah, you know like the fun the, the fake CEO, yeah, the fake CEO, the yeah, Reggie these these personalities <laughs> who like you want to like listen to. If we're past those days, I'd rather just have a disembodied voice telling me what I need to sure. do. I don't need to see. Hey, look at we love each other and we're all in we're in this. I don't care. That's a little produced. I I don't mind seeing developers talk like seeing the people that make the game. Uh, I actually actually kind of enjoy that when it's developers, as we talked about in this show, not some kind of publicist or communications person, but actual developers talking about their game. I like that. But yeah, when it's overly produced like that, and it's a little cringy. Yeah, and you know, and you can tell like they're getting jokes that are thrown at them. Like, okay, you have to say this joke now, and this usually comes across wrong. But that's not what the direct was about. It was about the games, and so. Right. Um, yeah, I saw Minecraft. And I was like, well, I'm not. What? I don't know how long this is going to be. I'm not watching 10 minutes of Minecraft. But, but if, if you're interested in the game, they, yeah, they went right into the PvP mode, talked about that. And again, it is coming to PlayStation, so it is a game you can play. It did remind me most of, like, Command & Conquer. Yes. Like, that is something, like, if you're a fan of those um, RTS kind of games where, yeah, it, it seemed like the structure is big map, you have a base, enemy has a base, build an army, go destroy other base. That yeah. seems to be like the, the systems yeah. in play. So if you're into that, might be for you, um, but not Nick or I. Nope, nope. Uh, and then they went into Forza Motorsport. It is coming this year, no specific date for this game. Uh, shockingly, just not, or not shockingly, it, it just looks incredible. It looks great. It's, I mean, I, I'm not a racing guy. Uh, but they 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 brought it every time they've had one of these games, and um, this will be the first time on Xbox Series X, so it's it's gonna be great. 
Yeah, Nick picked this game in his fantasy league, and I'm kind of mad because, like, obviously <laughs> this I should like this. I remember when we did the first league when I destroyed Nick. I picked Forza Horizon Five, mm-hmm. and I think that was the highest reviewed game of the year. It was 92, and it was like the ninth pick. Yeah, for either. it's just like you don't think of these games, mm-hmm. but it looks incredible, gorgeous racing games. Every single time they're shown are literally tech show pieces to be like, look what our machine can do, um, photorealism, all that stuff. And this doesn't seem to be holding back. I don't think I'm gonna check this out, but I will admit. There's a small part of me that wants to just to be able to compare it to Gran Turismo because yeah. I'm not a huge racing guy either. But as I've said on the podcast before, Gran Turismo 3 was a special game for me. I bought 7 to try and rekindle that and I'm kind of just I haven't really touched it because I want a wheel. We'll see. But it um, <laughs> looks great. looks yep. fucking great. Mm-hmm. And it will be. Turn 10, Turn 10 Studios, the guys who make Forza, they're Microsoft's most reliable team. So sure. they'll be fine. For sure. And then moving on to the next game. So when they, before the show, they said that there were going to be four games. This next game was not on that list. And this game is a newly announced game. Uh, It is coming from Tango Gameworks. Uh, What have they done before, Nick? (laughs) What has Tango Gameworks done before? Uh, The Evil Within, Ghostwire Tokyo Hmm. was released last year. So pretty good, but slightly, like uh, a little above average horror games, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so Shinji Mikami's there. And Creator of Resident Evil? Yeah. Shinji Mikami? Yep, okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> Is there. And they're there to announce a brand new game called Hi-Fi Rush. And this is a cell-shaded anime-looking game, third-person action game, some, very similar to Devil May Cry, but with a rhythm-based hook. So you want to time your attacks and your dodges to the music that's playing in the game. The environments themselves move to the music in the game. And this game looks incredible. It is so beautiful. It looks so much fun. And this is the first time I've ever had FOMO. Yeah, you're pissed off that you don't have Xbox. (laughs) The feeling I'm sure those Xbox fans have been dealing with was every Sony first party release. Well, it finally hit me, and I'm I'm bummed. I'm bummed I can't play this game on PlayStation. Yeah. It, it looks like everything... It looks like an Insomnia game. It looks that fun. And can we just trade Tokyo or Ghostwire Tokyo for this game? We'll just trade. We'll give, we'll give you back Ghostwire Tokyo. You give us Hi-Fi Rush, and we'll call it Square. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, because <laughs> it's, like, especially bummed, because... Even when games only come out on Xbox, you're like, it'll come to PlayStation eventually. Mm-hmm. Not this one. Like, yeah. This is one of their, you know, Tango owned by Bethesda. We're <laughs> fucked. But luckily for me, I have an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> and I've told you many times, Nick, if you ever want to borrow it to play anything, I'm your man. But, you know, needless to say, the offer stands on the table. But I, I might jump into this. I, you know, I was initially kind of like, meh, it looks okay. But Nick's right on this one. Uh, it looks pretty, pretty awesome, very unique. I think the colors might give me a headache eventually, but other than that, I'm sure it's something I can get by. But it, right. it's you know an action platformer to a T. Um, you know, I think Nick said Insomniac because it, it looks a lot like Sunset Overdrive. Um, you know, yeah. that's yeah. kind of probably the most direct comparison from a look. And then yeah, gameplay. It's yeah, Devil May Cry is a good example too because you have this this meter in the top right, like where you're graded based on how you're doing. There's points involved somehow. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's if it's stage based, mission based. I'm not really sure, honestly. Being that the game's out now, we could we could go find out yeah. all this information. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, we didn't mention that part. Oh, that, we was, didn't. that was the home run part of this. Whoops. Is 
you know, with Game Pass, Microsoft can do something crazy. And what they did here is they shadow dropped the game. Uh, not a demo, not anything else. Hours after this, the direct ended, you could download and play the full game of Hi-Fi Rush. Like, that is incredible. Yeah. That, is, that, that is something they needed to do, obviously. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were in a down, downward trajectory uh, all around. People were very down on Microsoft, and this, this kind of puts them in the good faith, you know? I mean, if it's not your thing, it's not going to do it for you, but this is incredible. It's incredible to have a game of this caliber just, just out now. No, no marketing cycle, no waiting months and months, just... Here's this cool game, and you can play it right now. Like, yeah, I've been I've been refreshing Open Critic the last day to try and see if like when the score is going to land for this thing. So, actually, ooh, we get some we got some movement. So <laughs> there are five scores that have been given to it so far. Got a nine point five out of ten, a four point five out of I'm sorry, a four out of five, a hundred out of a hundred, <laughs> an eighty out of a hundred, and nine point five out of a hundred. So like it seems like it's yeah it's that high eights low nines territory, which is a great place to live. Um, and one of the kind of, I think the most surprising things about this that I've been reading is obviously you, you look at this for a quarter of a second, you can immediately go, yeah, art style, great, okay, that's cool, but is it fun? Yeah, okay, the combat's fun too, cool. How do the jokes land? Oh, the writing's fantastic also. <laughs> like, that's the hard stuff with games. Like, it's, right. it's, and I'm not saying it's any of it's easy, but well, there's all. We just talked about yeah. Forspoken. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> but there's a lot of games out there that do one or the other well, right? I have amazing gameplay, but my, you know, my story is dog shit. Or, I, you know, Devil May Cry is a great example of that. Or I have dog shit gameplay, but the story is great. I think probably Plague Tales may be a good example of that. Mm-hmm. To find, you know, like those Hadeses, those those God of Wars. It's it's rare to get bo- best of both worlds. And so uh, anytime that you can get great writing, jokes that land, fun gameplay and graphics and good, like, yeah, you, that's, that's all you need. Yeah. Like, you're good to go. <laughs> um, do you know how long this game is? Have you read anything on that? No. Like, it seems like it's probably going to be, I know it's, it's a $30 game if you were to buy it a la carte. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. a good point. It's 30 a la carte. So I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's a shorter experience, but yes, like, for sure. It's but at the same time, I don't want to be in this world for forty hours. Like again, <laughs> it's it's a lot. It looks yeah. fun, um, but I think it does also probably. I would say it's probably to its benefit that if it is in that eight hour eight hour right. range. Right. So yeah, yeah, that was a that was a that was a crazy one. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, it's damn you, Microsoft. <laughs> if I clench my fist and yell at the sky from the worst team at Bethesda, weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the games that they did say were going to be there, we did get Elder Scrolls Online. They gave a preview of the new class, the Arcanist, and then they talked about their next big content update titled Necrom. John and I are in no position to talk about it. We have not played this game, so. I have one comment on it that I found funny. Is they're trying to bring in new players into this, and their way to do that is they go, oh, if you... You know, if you play Elder Scrolls Online, you get every expansion we've ever had before. And they show this info, this graphic, and it's like, I don't know, 30 boxes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> is that a draw for people? Do people <laughs> like that? Because I, I, if it were me, I'm going, oh, I'm going to go into this world. I, I, nope, I'm out. That's yeah. too fucking much. I, I found it kind of funny because... You know, we're all different people. We like different things. I just, I want to talk to somebody who goes, sweet, I have, uh, cool, I got 2,500 hours of content immediately. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me immediately want to get out of that. <laughs> yeah, so not much to say on that. And then they closed out the show with their big game, not Starfield, but 
The other one, Redfall from Arcane Austin. It got a really beefy extended gameplay demo. They showed off the world, they showed off safe houses, they showed off character abilities, and then they gave a release date. It is coming May 2nd, 2023. Uh, again, this is, this is another game that gives me FOMO. Not as much as Hi-Fi Rush, but this game looks really good. Mm -hmm. uh, John and I both enjoyed Deathloop. This is that, but bigger world. Uh, Co-op, it still looks fun, it looks, especially when they're using the abilities. That's when I like. That's what Arcane Austin does best. And when, you know, when someone makes an umbrella turn into a shield, that then they shoot the bullets back out at people. I'm like, oh, that looks great. That's when the game kind of sold me. Initially, when the trailer started, it kind of seemed a little basic. I, I'm not gonna lie, and, yeah. and I was like, okay, this is it's cool. I've doubted Arcane in the past. I've learned my lesson with that. I loved Deathloop. Um, but it still looked a little just bland. And then, yeah, once they kind of started to dive a little bit deeper, show you the skill trees, show you all the different crazy things you can do. Obviously, they're vampires, so you're decking out your guns with different, like, wooden spikes. I saw one that was, like, the neck of a guitar that was broken off, which is, like, I, you know, that's just, it's <laughs> lots of personality and things. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it, it looks great. I wonder... I wonder if it's going to be one of those games like Back for Blood that's m really not meant to be played by yourself. Like, is this right. going to be more of a Back for Blood or is this going to be more of a division where it's like you can play this with a bunch of people, but it's completely viable to go through it yourself. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is another one of your fantasy games. So, <laughs> guys, Nick hates PlayStation. He has no faith in PlayStation. Uh, he just keeps picking, X picking Xbox games. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it looks cool. Um, I kind of, yeah, like I said, though, I kind of wish it was a little more single-player focused and not, right. like, eh, teams yeah. of four, but that's, that's, that's fine. Not yeah. a big deal. Uh, we'll know in a few months mm -hmm. <laughs> how that all works out. So, And that, that was the overall show. Like I said, I, Microsoft needed this. They are, were down in the dumps. You know, things aren't looking good with their acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Not a single game last year, and then at least in the first six months of this year to have two good-looking games... Uh, that's that's a that's a big return to form. I don't know if you saw this, but I, I saw this just a second ago. Two hours ago, Phil Spencer was quoted in an interview saying, "2022 was too light on games, but a big 2023 could await." <laughs> Fucking of course, bud. Like, what are you doing over there? And also, I love the word that he used, "could." I don't, you know, uh, you don't read into these things, but honestly, if you do, they're very specific with their wording. And it's just like, I wonder if he's like. As long as Starfield doesn't get delayed, we're having a big year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, True. Uh, how many times do we have to hear this man say the same things? I don't know. I'm not a... We would don't it, need to it, turn this be, into a bad Xbox thing. <laughs> would it be a good year if it was Hi-Fi Rush, Redfall, and Forza? No Starfield. Would it, I, I think no. I Unfortunately... While I think it's one of those situations, my gut immediately went no. But like when I think about it more, I'm like, yeah, it would be okay. But I don't think the fan base is in a position to accept that. No, <laughs> they have been fed the promise of Starfield for years now, mm -hmm. and they have Elder Scrolls Six behind that. And they have like they need this game to come out, and they need this game to be a hit because if it's not, you're going to lose a lot of faith with your fan base. Yeah, and it's the only other game that looks like it's close to the finish line as opposed to all the other games they've announced you haven't yeah. seen any gameplay for. So Yeah, there's so much out there. It's it's the exact opposite problem that Sony is dealing with right now, <laughs> if you want to call it a problem. It's just right. an interesting, interesting um, tactics, I guess. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, all right, let's move on from that. All right. So I'm going to kind of keep this a little short because uh, this game has already had its time in the, in the sun, <laughs> but I, I would be remiss to not talk about it because I've finally done it. Mark, I hope I'm making you proud, bud. Uh, I am about 30 hours into Elden Ring now. Wow. And um, it's, 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 yeah, it's horror. It's the worst. <laughs> it's every bit as incredible as, as you know, um, impressive like lots of words yeah <laughs> impressive you know there's never been never been an open world done like it you where, know I, you could say where are you at Zelda. what region are you in i am currently going through Kalid right now okay um so i've beaten the first two elden lords okay um i beat beat ranala and uh godric and so yeah I, I think i'm going towards um Rikard right now, I think is who is there. I honestly sure. don't know. I, I just know. I think I know I'm in the area that I need to go to get to the next dude. I don't know who it is though. Okay. Um, but like I'm really, just really, really enjoying my time with it, and it's interesting um, because I had a lot of reasons to push this game off. You know, I've said it before. The Souls game is probably my favorite franchise. The Souls genre slash FromSoft games are probably my favorite series of games out there. So why would I not want to play their best one immediately? Well, <laughs> I did and I loved it, but I got a little overwhelmed. I had infant daughters, fresh, freshy, freshy infant daughters, right? And a five-year-old son. And it just didn't seem like I, I was going to be able to give it the respect that it deserved and the time that it needed to have because you can't play this game in 30-minute chunks. You just no. can't. It's either you're not gonna make any progress and it's gonna like, you know, demotivate you or whatever the case. And also, when you do get these long meaty chunks, you just can't put this shit down because right. it's, it's so <laughs> engrossing. But I finally reached a point, I think, that I, I'm able to dedicate a decent amount of time to it every night. And um, I have my guide now, so like I can kind of like go in there if I need to see how to beat a, you know, how to tweak a boss or use a, a different tactic. It shows all my sites of graces so I can kind of streamline my experience, which I know there might be people out there that are saying you're playing it wrong, which I would probably say you're probably right. However, <laughs> I need to pick my battles when it comes to these things because I can't be spending 200 hours just exploring the lands between, even though I want to. Um, but this is also the first time in a Souls game that I've actually kind of planned ahead and dedicated myself to a specific build. and. It's some of the most fun I've ever had, you know, in a Souls game. I'm right now. I'm trying to do a uh, Black Flame Faith build, and it's it's just super cool because you know I went and found the magic I needed. It turns my sword into a black flamed, awesome looking thing that continuously damages uh, enemies after you've hit them, uh, which is combined with the bleed ability. So like eventually you're gonna knock off a big chunk, and then all of a sudden you whittle this huge boss down into nothing very quickly. And it's super satisfying. But yeah, this game is. Perfect, man. I mean, it's 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 just a joy to go around. The combat's a joy. It's dopamine filled. There's weapons all over the place. The magic abilities are ten times as good as they've ever been in the Soul series. And I totally see why people just like beat the game, start a new build, beat the game. Like this is the game they play. In fact, Mark, I, I see you consistently still playing this game. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to December and you're like, "Yep, it's my number one played game again." Uh, right. It's that good. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm fully planning on platinuming it, um, which I've never done for a Souls game. Um, yeah, it's just it's. I don't. I'd be very interested to have to redo my game of the year list <laughs> because I, I'm not ready to say that it's better than God of War. It's way better in certain areas, but it's so apples and oranges to right. to analyze both of those games in the same level. So um, 
I won't, but I'm going to probably be playing this for a little bit of time. So, you know, I don't know if I'll keep bringing it back to the show because really, as you can kind of see, I'm not, I don't want to talk about specifics. I can tell you how cool my Moonvale Katana is. Like, it doesn't matter. But, um, it's awesome, man. I, I really wish, Nick, I, I get it, but I really wish you played these games. Like, I just, they're just so, so good. And also, you know, you could play Super Mario Odyssey. You could play, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. All these amazing <laughs> games that you refuse to play, Nick. I, I have my, my taste. I have tried. You're a man who knows I have you. tried. I respect it. I have played Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3. I've started all of them and not a single one. But which one haven't you played? Yeah, Bloodborne, I know. The, the one, one that the one you one should. The one that turns people. Yeah. 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 No, uh, that's understandable, but I'm not going to say rec- I recommend this game. Uh, everybody knows this game. Right. Um, but I would not be surprised when I'm done with it if... I, it is considered for my favorite game of all time. Like it's sure. it's it's that level. Sure. Um, is but it it's also frustrating as shit at some moments too, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as we're coming up, we're a month away from its year anniversary. Is it weird we haven't heard anything about like a proper DLC expansion to this game? Yeah. Given uh, its especially honestly, given its hype and uh, it's obviously the sales are there. I mean, I I bet you it's at. Mm, I don't know if I want to say that, but. I could see it being at Sony whenever Sony has their showcase. It's true. You know, I think a year in olden times, the pre-times, <laughs> would have been unheard of. But with game development being what it is, seven, eight-year cycles, right. COVID times, different things like that, Elden Ring being a massive game as it is, right? right. I could see them. They're work. They're working on Armored Core Six. Like, there's a lot right. of spinning plates over there. I could right. see them. I mean, like, whatever. We know that the, that people are not leaving this game. They're going to come back right. whenever. <laughs> everybody, everybody who likes this game is going to pop it that disc oh, back in. Oh, for sure. It'll um, be, be top of Twitch the second that DLC comes yeah, out. And, and, and it kind of tracks. Because, like, when did we learn Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty? Was that at Game Awards? Uh, no. The, or was no that, that was announced before. Was that summer, the end of... I don't remember specifically, but... It, Either it was, way, it was still... A long time from the initial release of that game. Like, yeah, but that's also another special case of a game that had to be fixed <laughs> before sure, they could talk about any kind of expansion. You know, or burning or, Shore, Burning Shores, or Sands is another one. It's shores. just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one where it's just like, yeah, it's 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 like people always wait eight to ten months now. They announce it right. and then it comes out like a year, year and a half after release. Because Horizon will be what fourteen months. Cyberpunk will be God knows how long. And I wonder if I, we can attribute that also to the rise of digital sales, because usually you would announce DLC so people don't sell their games back. Yeah. You know, you're you're not getting losing sales because uh, GameStop is full of your title at their price, and then they're taking all the profit. Yeah. Uh, so I could see like now That's, that they see digital sales are up, it's like, well, we don't have to sit there and be like, oh, don't sell the game a month after the game comes out because what we got the, all these DLC plans, you yeah. know. Yeah. So. You know, like uh, like uh, Callisto Protocol did, like Marvel Midnight Suns did. Is like, oh, we have this whole it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, you know, all this content coming after. So don't get rid of your game. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a good point. And yeah, I mean, it's probably an amalgamation of all those things. The game's yeah. so good, they know it's not going anywhere, and, yeah. and and everything in between. So yeah, man. Shout out to Elden Ring. Um, I hope my son likes Souls games, man. <laughs> I would love to just be there on the couch watching him play these, you know, and trying to calm him down when he inevitably rage quits and, th- and throws, throws my DualSense through my TV. But, um, yeah, it's 
It's it's exactly it's it's exactly what I want. I think we've asked the question on the show a couple of times. Be like, what's your if you were a Jim Ryan or if you could create a video game or if you could. Right. It's this. This is it. This is what I would do. So right. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> very very. It only good. took me eleven months. <laughs> That's fine, man. That's yeah. fine. Get to it when you can. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Final topic of the show. Not surprising. It's HBO's The Last of Us. As we mentioned in the beginning of the show, renewed for season two because it's just that fucking good. Just sounded like you said we're nude for season two. <laughs> <laughs> Getting nude for season two of PlayStation Pals. A lot guys. of Joel butt. About to, about to start the video feed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's, we're going to break down episode two now. So, if you have not watched it, do so before listening to this part. Because uh, it'll be spoiler heavy. We'll be talking about the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess, yeah, we'll talk right with the cold open again. Uh, and this is again where I'll mention the companion podcast where they mentioned uh, that Craig Mazin's, one of his major influences, is this little guy. I don't know if we like him or not. <laughs> Vince Gilligan, he, he made some okay shows. <laughs> Just, you know, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. John and I kind of like them. It's okay. Breaking Bad is twice as good as the next greatest show that's ever been made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, in the podcast with Troy Baker and Neil Druckmann, he, he mentioned that one of the things he took away from Vince Gilligan is how Vince always would do a great job of capturing your attention in the first six minutes. And he says that this is the perfect time because that's when you have your most captive audience. They've just started your show. They just turned it on. They're receptive to everything. Yeah, they're very receptive. So you want to hit them with a a nice, big, impactful scene that kind of, again, sets up the rest of the episode. So you're you're strapped in. And uh, this one did that. Uh, It starts with a shot back 20 years ago before uh, the the. Pandemic outbreak, yeah, the outbreak of the cordyceps, uh, and it is in Indonesia where a couple of officers take a woman who is a cordyceps expert, at mycologist, mycologist, yes, yes. thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take her to show her a body that is infected, and everything's great here. The build-up to why she's there, uh, again. The horror as she reaches into a dead body's mouth and pulls them out, and they're just moving. Oh, it's yeah. gross. And uh, do you want to break down the how you defeat the uh, the, the cordyceps infection? Bomb, <laughs> bomb. <laughs> yeah, chilling, chilling delivery by that lady with that line. Yeah, she kind of talking with the officer learns that. They have 14 missing people. They did not find the person that bit the person that they had and that other people that got bit had to be killed as well. And when he asked whether a vaccine or a cure is possible, that is her response. Just bomb. Bomb this city, bomb everyone in it. Um, Basically, immediately, she knew that moment she was told this, that we are fucked. The only possible thing we can do is to basically establish a quarantine zone a couple hundred miles wide and just hope that the thing didn't get out past that. Unfortunately, it seems like it's been... been, uh, You know, infected into a certain uh, grain that that is making its way around the world. Yeah, and a lot of people picked up on that because it's a she uses the term "why 
grain, why it spread through grain, that Indonesia uh, is a big like grain substrate produce. or something. Yeah, you, substrate for the fungus, and that again, I, th- I think in the the, ep- the choice words that Craig Mason used were breadcrumbs, and because bread's made from flour, we saw uh, Mrs. Adler getting fed biscuits. There was a note that they couldn't get flour in the first episode, is and why they couldn't make pancakes. Yeah, like this is. So I, much I love this. I love this. The storytelling that you're not picking that eagle-eyed watchers are picking up, and it just it just fleshes out the world and the, the story even more than the game could. Um, I loved this opening. I thought this <laughs> opening was fantastic, and I really appreciate what they're doing and how they're kind of started at least these first two episodes with these because you know as everybody who's played the game is familiar with you get a lot of your context and a lot of your world building through notes through just environmental clues and so somebody coming into the show who's never experienced all that you really need to you really need to get them acquainted to this world quickly and to get them to understand how horrible everything is and just fill in those blanks where they can and so I think it's just it was kind of a very it was a very smart decision to include these cold openings that just really truly demonstrate the situation at hand and um, yeah I think it was beautiful so tense for just such this little little scene where nothing's really happening besides just like it's starting to hit hit everybody's you know the people around this be like oh we're fucked it's just going down yeah and um yeah, dude, it was, just, it was immediately hooked. Like everything you said about Vince, it was it, they did it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, and 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 with video games in general, there's just a lot of walking around. You know, in video games, we're they we're constantly controlling the character, walking them through various buildings. Uh, it's that's very boring for television, right? You're not going to just have a camera behind Joel as he walks, opens a window, carries a wood board over, climbs <laughs> up the wood board. You know, so they got to get a lot more exposition out. And uh, yeah, again, this is. This is a great change that yeah. they made. Um, but then after that, we are back in the real world. Uh, you know, Joel and Tess are dealing with the fact that Ellie got bit. In fact, there's a great scene where <laughs> Ellie wakes up and it's beautiful. Like uh, a nice theme throughout this episode was how nature's taking back over. Um, and uh, she looks like she's comfortable. She's in the sleeping in the bright, warm sun, and then in a fetal position. Yeah, in the fetal position, it's just great. And then wakes up to see Joel. It does just staring at her. <laughs> yeah, immediately distrustful. Um, you know, yeah, you could without a, a word being uttered, you could say, yeah, they, they still are, they still think she's going to turn. They still don't trust the fact that she's not infected. Uh, they really have not started to believe, but. We are starting to see one of them, I think, start to change. Yeah, and for sure. And that would be, you know, our girl Tess. You know, this is kind of, it's it's this episode, as we'll discuss, um, that, you know, really I think Tess starts to believe in Ellie and believes that this is a chance for us to win. And um, Joel is not there yet. No. Joel is still very much <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yeah, he's basically tell, tells Tess, you know, you're talking to, talking about this girl like she has a future. You know, he's he just wants to kill her. And there's actually a line in that scene, right, where, oh, you heard, like, Ellie makes an off-head comment about something she overheard Tess say. And, and then <laughs> Tess is like, oh, you heard that, huh? Oh, you must have also heard that he wants to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> and so still very much, like, not trustful, but... Um, yeah, we get that line from Joel. There's always a miracle cure. There's always a miracle vaccine. Like that, they've they've heard this bullshit before. So yeah, he's just not buying it, even with the 
the physical proof right in front of them, mm-hmm. uh, which again, breadcrumbs will come up later. Um, this is also uh, when they get moving a great, also highlights why that beginning was so great because it explains why, why in a pandemic are buildings falling over? Like that makes no sense. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. Did you when you played through the game for the first time? Did you kind of get that that like this was? I I, I never really I remember if came I came to that conclusion. I, I just I just assumed like map shit got fucked. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. know. Yeah, there's nobody there to maintain it. Things just you know fall fall apart if, if nobody's there. But yeah, there there's a line from Tessa during these scenes that uh, uh they uh just just fucking think everything. about that, dude. Think about a government. Coming to the decision, we have to blow up Boston. <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just another example of really, really hammering at home how fucked everything got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that it's amazing that the that people survived. That Joel and Tess know no knew of the world before the pandemic. You know, that's the outbreak. So, I wonder if we're gonna get a prequel show. Sorry, just intr- intrusive <laughs> thought. Oh, for sure. Well, we're going to have spinoffs and prequels yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then they go to the hotel, which is, you know, a scene from the, from the game as well. Uh, is there anything you wanted to talk about up until kind of the next big change we're, we're going to talk about that they made from the game? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, besides, like you mentioned already, I, I loved the set design. I think they did mm-hmm. a great job making the world feel like... You know, very green, very overtaken by nature. Um, I like the the part where they're walking across the the expressway and and they kind of hear the clickers for the first time and yep. things like that. So, um, just lots of great world building that was kind of going on, you yeah. know, during the time. Yeah, and they, they were building tension because yes. <laughs> we knew we knew it was only a matter of time. Yep. Uh, so, getting uh, further in, we get kind of the big uh, diversion that they take from the game. And in the game, there are sections with spores. Uh, anytime you went underground, Joel would have to put on her mask. Ellie doesn't, because you know she's immune, and you'd have to play these dark, visual, like hard to see sections of the game. And they decided entirely to get rid of this whole theme. They didn't. They thought that viewers might not buy that an airborne spore would be around everywhere that everyone could just breathe in. So they they did with it entirely. And instead, they introduced a new threat, and that is that all of them, all the infected, are connected. Uh, if, if, if you are walking through the woods and you step on a piece of fungus, it'll alert uh, clickers infected all around you from for some, very long distances, you know, mm-hmm. to your presence, and then they'll come rushing to you, and that is a huge threat. Um, as we see Tess show Ellie a section of what, I don't know, hundreds of infected just yeah. hanging out and laying and eating or doing something. <laughs> yeah, it looked like they were sunning themselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was, that, I, I dug that change. Um, you know, and it makes sense because you, you don't want to put your number one actors with a big mask on. You're not going to be able to, you know, show any facial expressions, any emotion, you know, if you put Pedro Pascal on with a huge mask. So I, I can see, like, why you would want to maybe stick away from that a little bit. But, yeah, it was this, this cool shot of all these zombies. And, like, you could see ripples kind of going through them like it was an ocean wave where yeah. you can really tell that. Or, like, if you've ever watched a, a flock of birds, right, and they all somehow move within one another. Right. Kind of doing the same similar thing in a very creepy way and it makes sense if you know anything about fungus mushrooms things like that that's how those things operate they they are often 
uh, one large connective network. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, I don't know, are there any critical gameplay moments or moments that could be in the show that could be impacted by this change? By no spores? Yeah, by no spores. I mean, I can't think of any moments where like somebody gets their mask ripped off and then they, you know, get infected. I can't. I, I don't like, think that ever was like a, a beat. No, that's they probably yeah. Just. I mean, I think the only beat was is I think that's how Joel realizes Ellie is immune is because she breathes in. It was one of the first being like, oh, I'm witnessing this. Like I'm not. I you know, you got bit during this fight, but how do I know you were even bitten, not just scratched or whatever? This right. was like yeah, a direct like, holy fuck. Yeah, you breathe in all those spores. Yeah, so. what, how are you not just rolling around <laughs> on the ground dying right now? So yeah, yeah. So, so we'll we'll see how this impacts later on as uh, they play out other moments of the game but uh this leads them to take a route through a museum it was what it was the um the long way or the way where we die or yeah. something yeah yep and they were forced to take the way where we die yep uh so uh again they uh go into a museum and they find a dead body and that body is just beat to shit clawed and ripped apart uh ellie is obviously terrified because you know, she's not immune from that. <laughs> right. She she yeah, she knows what, what infected do to people and she knows that that's not what infected do to people. So right. she's asking like, what did that? Right. And Joel and Tess know immediately. Right, right. Where Pedro delivers this great line where he goes, he's, you know, he's obviously, we are being quiet, or no, we are silent. We're not quiet, we are silent. Right. Because he knew. Yeah, any noise. Any noise. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this leads to their first encounter with, uh, boy, our, our favorite enemy, a sound, a video game sound that will be in your head forever. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. can't the clickers. <laughs> As they click their teeth and their faces are just mangled fungus. Split in half. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get an encounter with two of them, and... It's incredible. What a what a just a great scene. I believe I was standing this whole time watching this. Like I could I wasn't yeah. sitting down relaxing. I was standing like just like, oh my God. Like this I, I remember is- having my hand on my face and literally looking at my wife and going, Holy fuck. <laughs> and that's that's that I agree, man. Like I felt like a kid in a candy store watching this because <laughs> You know, we're 30, I'm 33, Nick's a little little older, not much older, but like we've been, we've seen so many th- properties of our video games that we love get, tr- you know, converted to a screen or whatever the case. And it's always fine. Sometimes it's horrible. Sometimes it's okay, but it's never this good. It's perfect. Right. The clickers look perfect. They move perfect. They're the right amount of threatening. They're terrifying. There's this oh moment gosh. where Joel and Ellie... And I kind of laughed because it's like exactly how you operate in the game. Joel leading Ellie kind of slide, like ducking <laughs> underneath the counter and steps on a piece of glass and this clicker just fucking jumps over the table at yeah. them. Yeah. And it's just, it's action, it's tense, it's thrilling, it's horror, it's scary. Um, my uh, my favorite part of this was when he had to reload the gun and he had to hold the flashlight with his neck. It panned to the left where the clicker was. And then it panned to the right where he's struggling to load a gun because he's got to take the bullets out. It's a revolver, and he can't just dump the bullets out because that'll make a noise. So he's got to like quietly dump bullets into his hand, and quietly put them back, quietly load the six shooter. You know, each individual round in there. Yep. And of course, the camera pans back to that thing right there. Yeah, and I course. knew it was going to happen, yep. and I loved every second of it. 
uh, just wow, just well, incredible. Yeah. And yeah, and, and to that point, you know, going back to the uh, the companion podcast, one thing that they did that was smart is they actually kind of had Joel tell Ellie, be like, you know, they can't see, but they can hear, you know, cause there's right. probably a lot of people that are like, okay, I get these things are threatening, but like, what is it about them? And if you saw Pedro being super quiet, I'm sure you could infer that, that but they deliberately said it to us. The, anybody who's not familiar with the game knew immediately at that moment and, and just the tension. And I think they did a great job with that first shot of the clicker into the flashlight. As you can see, his face is like it can't see. Yeah, it's no just, eyes. There's no eyes there. There's just you know spores and fungus and a mouth. <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing else. So, but those things are tanks, man. I mean, it starts off and Joel pumps. I don't know, four or five shots right into the gut of this thing. It doesn't fucking phase him. You know, Tess comes through mid-battle, buries a hatchet into the head of one of these things. It's still just flailing around. Well, like, Not until Joel, like, pumps maybe two or three bullets into their head that they, they go down. Again, as we they beautifully established with Miss Adler in the first episode, is that the, the, these cordyceps just override any kind of, like, physical ailment, mental ailment. Like, it, they're just coming. Have, have they ever determined like if you shoot some, uh, like if they ever determined like a, a brain like headshot is good <laughs> you know what i mean like in zombies like that's typically the the go-aheads like if you shoot the brain you're good right like i wonder if that's ever been a, i'd be curious maybe we should do a little bit of research on that because like <laughs> i did notice like in the cold opening too they had a bullet in the, that lady's head right and i wonder you know I, that could have just been a necessary precaution but I would, I would assume so. I, I yeah. would assume without, like, the nervous system otherwise you'd have the other to, like, body parts that... Otherwise, you'd have to decapitate, and that doesn't happen, right. so... Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so... So, just, yeah, just a, just a great moment all, all in all. You know, obviously, they're all shaken up pretty good. Tess is shaken up, obviously, for reasons we'll get into later. Um, just great and, mm-hmm. and again just everything just recreated perfectly you know they're on the roof they're <laughs> crossing you know wooden ladders ellie has no fear about wooden ladders and after what just happened you know yeah, she has a great line and <laughs> i think joel says something like be careful it's scary and she goes that was scary this is wood <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, that's a perfect ellie response <laughs> yeah yeah just 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 so great just again they capture everything well, one thing about that first clicker encounter too is is they at the end of the fight Ellie is bit again, right? And so she's yeah. she's she's bleeding again. She's like, well, I guess if it had to happen to anybody, it happened to me. And right. and while I think Good at point. this point Tess kind of is Tess Tess understands Tess gets it, but Joel is still like, well, the first one didn't get her. How do we know this one's not right. going to? Still denying it. Still kind of not not fully on board with the mission that they're doing yet. Right. 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 So and it was kind of at this moment too where Joel is telling that to Tess and Tess kind of gets mad at him you know for like one of the one of the only times we see that really in the show right where she gets kind of dismissive and is like can you just can you just for once think we can win like this is kind of the moment where you can tell like Tess believes Tess is in right. for this and and if you're paying close attention and or like us who knew knew what yeah. happened here uh, Tess is very much in a hurry now she's like you know Joel starts taping up her foot because she twisted her ankle and she's just like no I got it I got it let's go let's go yep. and then a great shot of uh, the three of them walking and Tess is, you know, a good 10 feet in front of them. She's she's leading the charge because she knows, as we'll all learn, is that she doesn't have much time left. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then that'll get us into kind of like the next departure uh, from the game, the events of the game. And that is uh, they get to the building to where they're going to meet the fireflies and the fireflies are all dead uh, from gunshot wounds. And in this version it was not Fedra who did it uh, 
they explained either after the show or in the podcast, podcast. that they that they it didn't make much sense why Fedra would be there. Uh, this far away from the quarantine zone, in the middle of nowhere. Like, why would Fedra be out here just killing random fireflies? Um, it makes a little more sense from a gameplay perspective because then you got people to shoot, people to interact with. But from you know a storytelling point, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll side note something I want to talk about too. Uh, they decided that, that one of the people got infected instead. And that in that chaos of who got bit, who's infected, they all these people just end up killing each other. Yeah, you know, is kind of just the, one of those standoffs where just nobody wins. Yeah, I, th- I think the Fedra switch, as they kind of discussed in the pod- in the podcast, is you know, I, I, you can genuinely tell that Craig and Neil like each other, right? You can tell that they yeah. they're stoked to work with one another. They're huge yeah. fans of one another, so it's great. But it's kind of funny. You could already tell they've established Craig. Has he just probably annoys Neil with his questions, right? <laughs> you know, because he's 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 not the guy who made this thing. So he's like, well, why is Fedra there? Why would they go this far out? And Neil's just like, you know, I think he refers to him like as all these like little nitpicky questions or something, right, whatever right. the case. And, but <laughs> but it's good because then it, it causes them to think, oh yeah, well maybe I didn't think of that, or let's analyze this a different way. And you can really tell that they work well with one another. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and I think the scene still works because I think it again it establishes another threat and something that they were dealing with in their own group is you know the distrust you know like when people get bit and you know they don't want to die they don't want to mm-hmm. so they're not going to say anything but they're also a big threat now because they're going to at any moment <laughs> you know lunge out at you and try and bite you and yep. all kinds of things so uh yeah it, i think it enhanced the the story even more yep. um and then the thing i wanted to kind of quickly talk about is like we're just a lot of gameplay we're not seeing anymore like it's kind of we're not going to see big shootouts or anything like that and this might impact even later scenes i'm curious as to how they'll show the whole pittsburgh moment uh and that whole long extended gameplay where you're fighting enemies where you're running away from that armored vehicle Mm -hmm. and stuff like that if that'll Oh, that'll be in this at God, all. I can't wait for that moment in the show. Oh my God. <laughs> Will it be in here though? That's the kind of the question I'm asking because it, yeah. it's a heroing gameplay moment, but it doesn't do much for the story. I, th- I, think, so. I think you can cut it out. So I've I've played that specific section more than any other point in the game because I use that se- section to show my family members how cool this game is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that whole scene is beautiful, A, because it starts with Ellie and Joel driving in the car and Ellie makes a dirty joke about a, a porno magazine in the backseat. Great humor, <laughs> fun. But yeah, when they get into the city and like that scene where they're driving, you know, they run the guy and like, I think you can do that scene. I think you put the camera back in the car, it's super tense. You can crash the car, you can have the firefly, or I'm sorry, um, you could have the, what are they? They're just bad guys, mm-hmm. you know, bad yeah. guys. Um, pull Ellie out of the car, Joel uses the glass to slit, slit the guy's throat and then they could just run away. Like they could kind of right. run away at that point. So I think you, you probably play with what is shown and then cut out a lot of the agency when when you're in control as the character. That's when it kind of stops. But a lot of that scene is kind of at least a lot of the important narrative structure of that scene is is through uh, the cutscenes. So right, right, right. So I think I think that'll be there. But yeah, it is interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, so we kind of get the the big kind of reveal. Tess is being very desperate at this point, trying to find a map, trying to find a way to get. Uh, Ellie to where they were going to take her and this is where we get a great scene where she admits or Ellie kind of deduces at first is that she's she's bit that is why she's being so frantic yeah. um, 
And the and, neck too. Yeah, like, yeah. Which we've yeah. established in this world that the high, basically the higher up your bit, the quicker you're going to get infected. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as as this is our spore moment in which her bite looks really bad, and Ellie's bite's like, yeah, yeah, nothing. It's okay. Just just broke the skin a little. Yep. Where Tessa's is like black and, and just spreading Maybe, all yeah. over. And uh, they did highlight this. I, th- I think it was in the podcast, but they highlighted that this is why they don't like actors playing the game, that they want the actors to read the script and then do their own reactions because when Tess goes to show Joel her bite, he steps back and goes for his gun. Yeah. Like That's his like initial reaction. And that was all Pedro, I guess. And they, they love that like improv, that like... Like a guy like Joel, who's very guarded, who's very, as we've seen with Ellie early in this, this episode, that now that he knows that she's bit, like, look how quick he is to act. Like, she just took one step to him, and he was he was ready to shoot her right there. Yeah, I don't know if it was Craig or Neil said this, but they said something along the lines of, if we had them watch the characters, then the best they could do is an imitation of yes. it. But without that, the best they could do is you know, far exceeds whatever that an imitation could be. Right. So it makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think and it was Neil because he said, you have to trust us to be the ones who know these characters better than anybody to bring out those characters in the actors. And right. so you can right. tell that Neil, who directed this episode, yeah, they can do that. They can yeah. do that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also wanted to know one thing from the podcast is that originally they planned on showing uh, Tessa's origin story. Uh, we do learn in this episode that she is mm-hmm. from Detroit, and they were also going to show a uh, the cold open for this was going to be a basement door locked with somebody knocking on it, and it was going to be revealed that Tess had a husband and son, and they both got infected, and while Tess was able to murder her husband... I don't know if that's the right word. I mean, kill, <laughs> kill him. <laughs> Let's murder one of these other dogs. Kill her husband. She, wasn't, she didn't have it in her to murder or kill, kill, kill her son. Murder so she just son. locked them in the basement, which is very dark. Very yeah, dark. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and, but uh, that's interesting to should, know. She probably should have murdered him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's uh, we've seen this play out in a bunch of zombie stories. Is like when loved ones get infected. That and in The Last of Us as well, as we're gonna see in a few episodes, yeah. uh, <laughs> the same thing. So, uh, yeah, just the just the man going back to this scene, just just great, just all around. Quick, great. quick sidebar: Have you ever seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that intro. To, oh yeah, to that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a zombie yeah. movie and. Uh, yeah, the, the very first scene, it basically shows a, a husband and a wife kind of like trying to get away from the zombies, and, and the dude straight up just exits through the window and leaves her husband or leaves her wife, his wife there, and escapes. And you know, it's super tense. It's not like he wants to, but right. um, you know, I don't know, right. it just reminded me of that. But yeah, um, yeah. So and then this leads into yeah, that, that kind of thing that we were talking about earlier about them sensing when another one has been hurt. Because uh, Joel ends up shooting one of the infected, and we get a scene of the fungus just crawling into his skin and uh, alerting uh, like a giant horde of them. And they all start booking and heading their way. So instead of Fedra breaking down the door, we have the infected. Uh, Tess tells them to run, that she's going to distract them. She starts throwing gas around, grenades, all the ammunition everywhere. And uh, this is kind of where we get a very weird scene. And I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are, John. Uh, as she's trying to light the lighter, as the infected start filling the building, one of the infected notices her, 
uh, slowly walks up to her and then in a very weird scene kisses her on the lips uh, as we know he's doing that so he can put spores in her mouth yeah. but uh, but just a very I don't know it was it was a very uncomfortable scene yeah and obviously <laughs> intentionally so um, I don't know it's a very hard scene to analyze and so I would highly encourage people to listen to the last of us companion podcast because I think Craig does a pretty good job of explaining it but you know, one of the entire themes of this show is love, which is weird in a sense that it's a post-apocalyptic show, right? But, you know, love of a father and his kids, a love of a kid and his dad, a love of people as a whole. And as weird as it might be, like there's kind of this love relationship amongst the fungus as well. And, and you know, it's their main goal is to spread and thrive. So they're not looking at it from a sexual standpoint or anything like that. It's simply a we're we're transmitting, we're sharing, and so yeah. this moment, yes, I when that happened, I legit went ugh, and yeah. like I was kind of like immediately <laughs> like what? Yeah. But when I started to when when I heard Neil and Craig talk about it, when I kind of started to think about it a little more deeply, right? Like at this point, Tess has probably been infected for an hour, maybe, right. and. It's established in the very first episode, one of the first shots, I think, of the QZ, there's a sign that says 10 to 15 minutes for head, one to two hours for like chest, and like 24 to 40 hours for feet. So she's almost converted. Her, she, she's probably very, very out of it, not in control of what she's doing. Yeah, so her hand has tremors. Right. So yeah, she's trying to flick the lighter. And so a lot of people are like, well, why would she sit there and get kissed? And it's like, she's probably mostly fungus at this point. She's like, she want like... She doesn't want it, but the fungus inside, the fungus among us wants it. And you know, so it's kind of this gross, beautiful, weird scene that is understandable once you digest it. But it is very effective of getting getting you to immediately <laughs> recoil and just go, ugh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it was well done. It, maybe it could have been conveyed a little bit better somehow. Right. I don't know how to... Ex just explain it a little more. Maybe there's a okay. throwaway line somewhere early in the episode or something about how the fungus like to spread via mouth, mouth to mouth right. contact or something like that, right. you know, to not right. make it so like explicit immediately, but right. um, made sense at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's able to light the lighter, the building explodes, and uh, we get this great shot of Joel just leaving Ellie behind. I love this shot. Like, yeah. he is he pissed. Mad at it. He, he, he blames her, of course. Yeah, yeah, and just the great shot of this, like, Ellie just standing there and just not knowing what to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know how you how you would talk to somebody after this happened, you know, so. Oh, and and but, Tess, is, Tess is it, right? There's nobody else in Joel's life besides Tommy right. that he gives a fuck about. And right. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I think he probably at this moment goes, well, I have... I have to get to Tommy. I have nothing else to live for. If she wants to fucking come, she can come. Right. If she doesn't, fuck you. I don't care. Right. Because he still he probably he probably at this point he goes, fuck. I don't think she can get infected, but I still don't believe it. Like he's right. probably he's, he's coming around to it, but he's and he's not gonna send her to die. So he's just gonna no. Say, he's you can come with me. He's still a dad, but like <laughs> you know he's 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 not. <laughs> but yeah, and that that's kind of that's the episode. It's just again just. Fantastic. Knocked out of the park, man. And that's, you know, I, was, I was kind of mentioning this to Nick a little bit earlier, but like one of the wildest things to me is like, you know, of course there's the Sarah death scene and it's a big moment when Tess 
you know, when that happens to test. But, like, I just think of, like, the most impactful moments of the game for me, which is a lot of Henry and Sam. It's a yeah. lot of Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, the ending. Like, we haven't gotten those moments yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Bill at all. Like, <laughs> I just, I have, obviously, I had high expectations before the show. My expectations have been raised to a lot of high quality. But I just, I think this show is going to go down as... What I kind of was thinking, I think I said it on this very show, like I think this is truly going to be one of the most special shows we've seen in a while. And so yeah. far, everybody fucking loves it, as yeah. they should. It's great. Yeah, and yeah, the not shocking next episode will have Bill. Yes. Uh, which is just great. He's like another easily in minute, for right? one of the favorite characters. What? It's another 80-minute, right? Yeah, this is an uh, extra long episode. So uh, I wonder if they'll continue these kind of pre-pandemic cold opens or just pre- <sighs> I wonder, I wonder if, if we'll see like an establishing of how Bill became Bill. That was going to be my and con- establishes I, I, crazy I think <laughs> traps it, and all that stuff. Well, as we know, is Frank is a much bigger character in this show, and yeah. so how do we how do we learn about Frank? Do we? Excuse me, I burped. Do we just have a long cold, cold opening, like a 15, 20 minute cold opening of like their relationship, what they built together, and then his inevitable demise, or is that sprinkled in throughout? But I could see the cold opening, yeah, it's going to be Bill-focused. Yeah. Um, because, like, while it's amazing, I loved the first two cold openings. I would be down for nine, eight, seven more of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't know how many times you can do that in a row before it's, like, it starts to lose it a right. little bit. Because right. we've established that, like, hey, way long ago we thought this could happen. We didn't do anything about it. And then we established, oh, fuck, the moment it happened, we knew we were fucked. Right. Not sure what else you could do. You could maybe have some cold openings that are like five years post-pandemic and like showing like some government trying to figure something out, but that wouldn't really add anything. That would just be, that would almost yeah. be like content for, like I said, a prequel or something. Yeah, but. yeah. well, I mean, Kevin's played by uh, Murray Bartlett, so who just came off award-winning White Lotus season one. He won Kevin, multiple- did you say Kevin? Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett, what are we talking about? <laughs> that, oh, who's, the, who's Bill's... Oh, Frank. Frank. Frank, sorry. No, okay. I don't like about Kevin. <laughs> I was like, who's Kevin? <laughs> sorry. Frank, yeah. It's been a long week. My brain is mush. Uh, Frank, yeah. Frank yeah. is played by Murray Bartlett, who okay. just came off season one of White Lotus and won multiple awards. So he's, oh, did he? a, he's a very good actor. Yep. Nice. He won an Emmy Award, SAG Award. So, uh, cool. yeah. So he's, he's definitely going to have a bigger part. We're going to see a lot more scenes with him. Uh, but yeah, that's that's great, man. Let's expect more next week as we talk about episode three. Yes, can't wait. All right. Well, do we have anything to tease for next week? Hopefully, a showcase. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> we can talk about that. I mean, uh, Nick is in possession of Resident Evil Two. It only took me, I don't know, eight months to get him to finally take it from me. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, and there'll be an interesting comparison if you play that and then play Dead Space right after. You yeah, know, you'll that's be, true. You'll, no, nothing's gonna be able to scare you anymore. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I El, as you, you know, Elden Ring for me. Um, I am kind of digging Inscription. You know, I know we I talked heard about you that. Talking about it, yeah, like I got to like the second part, uh, yeah. which ugh, it's it's weird, and I don't quite understand what's yeah, we'll going have, on. Yeah, we'll definitely have to touch on it. But uh, so yeah, those will probably be the two games that are taking up a lot of my time. It is my son's birthday coming up here shortly, and I did get him um, Mario Kart and Super Mario 3D Land plus Bowser's Fury. So you know, <laughs> we won't talk about those, but I got those. So you cool. can bring whatever you want, man. Oh, thanks, we, buddy. We, we primarily play on PlayStation, but as you heard, we'll talk about Microsoft. We'll talk about anybody yeah this is know. a video games podcast and anything that affects <laughs> nintendo or microsoft 
in a, you know inadvertently affects yeah. Sony. So as I've said, I just thought it would be misleading to make us a general gaming podcast and be like, "Wow, they talk about PlayStation." Yeah, 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 for sure, for so. sure, <laughs> for sure. But now yeah, that's that's kind of probably going to be my week. Yeah, so yeah, we'll have some games. There'll probably be more news to talk about, and uh, we've got some topics planned. Planned. So, yeah. Um, in fact, I'll just mention one. I thought this was late night when I was like grabbing snacks to eat while gaming, and I was just like, <laughs> I was texting John immediately. I'm like, gaming food idea. Like, so if you have any like gaming food, like you know, drinks or cocktails or and just general snacks. You know, if you say Cheetos, I'll think you're a psychopath with holding controller with Cheeto hands. No, you just have to get good with holding the bottom of the bag, dumping a little <laughs> bit in your, in your mouth so you can get like one Cheeto at a time. Oh, no. That's what you do. I am a pro at this, at this stuff, my friend. Well, see, this is a perfect topic. So yeah. if you have your own gaming food, you know, I know like I always mention that like drinking while gaming can be fun like especially like the oh, first the one work. one or two drinks like you gotta keep it one yeah. or two you gotta get that light buzz yeah so that you're just like relaxed and like you'll play fighting games better any multiplayer games will kind of have that slight edge because you won't be as tense mm-hmm. you know it relaxes the nerves you know maybe when you get stuck on an elden ring boss and just take a shot and then <laughs> i have my own i have my own methods all right <laughs> okay <laughs> so so keep that in mind just something to think about i want to I, I will say i did have one of those those uh classic moments on in Elden Ring where I was getting my shit kicked in and probably for a good 45 minutes walked away came back beat him the first try yeah like, I don't know yeah. why that I don't know why that works but it, it resets fucking, yeah it yeah. fucking does yeah every single time yeah it's weird perfect all right so for the song we're leaving you on we're gonna go back to neon white I had some fun news that I found out about neon white is that six, vindicated yes vindication <laughs> yes and also Fuck, I wish I saw this sooner. Six days before I lost my save, the developers of Neon White tweeted that this was an issue with the game that they are aware of. As of right now, they have still not patched and fixed it, but they know about it. They know that the game is wiping saves. Uh, There was a whole thread on the PS5 subreddit about people saying the same issue, so... Sucks. Fuck you, John. I didn't fuck up. Yeah, all right? I didn't yeah, need I your life not. lesson. I guess I still think you're a pussy for not going back to it. <laughs> well, I might if they if they patch it and it yeah. gets fixed. You know. Yeah. And I told John like I wouldn't play it if I were you because you, you you especially can't afford it. It's, it's on it. hold right now. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. But we're gonna go back to that amazing soundtrack. Another one of the great songs from Machine Girl is called House of Cards. I, it is in my Spotify overall playlist, and it came up, and I just it hit me in the feels. He started crying. Yeah, I was like, I love you, Neon White, so much. You're so so cool. It's a love cool. hate. It's a love hate. So, um, and I just had a thought. Are you going to continue watching the um, the anime for Nier? Nier, Nier Automata. Um, I know we watched episode yeah. one, and we haven't talked about it yet. I watched episode two. Um, okay. Uh, episode three is out right now. Hey, we'll talk about that next. I week. will just because it's literally all it takes is the music plays while I'm watching it. Like, that's literally <laughs> all that it takes for me to enjoy it. I will admit it's a little bit of a letdown. It's the animation is very good at moments and very bad at moments, and it is one of the most faithful just beat by one beat no story, one, yeah. which is fine because it's a weird story. I'm fine to do it again, but it's just it doesn't generate a ton of excitement to like be ready for the next episode like like this is you know even though they're both last of us that is right um both are things i've experienced before but kind of tackling it in different ways so it's okay yeah. i'm happy it's there but it's it's not doing what i was hoping it was going to do and be like 
you know, the next kind of big anime that, that gets people into the series and we we get my my Nier Automata 2. Right, right, right. Yeah, because we'll every time I think of Neon Way, I'm like, I, I, can't, I would like them to adapt that as well because I think it's a cool premise. But Yeah, I, that's it. Yeah, I bet they... I don't know. It's already got the that. anime art style anyway, so yeah. it's just a matter of time. But Yeah, uh, maybe when they do that Danganronpa show. <laughs> that was, the Danganronpa show is another one that was a one-to-one that the, I didn't like because of it. Oh, there was a Danganronpa show? Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, for the first was, game, yeah. I thought I was making a joke. <laughs> no, there's, oh. a, there's an anime, and I stopped watching it for the exact same reason just that you the mentioned. the same, same exact Yeah, thing. it was like a one-to-one remake, and I was like, oh, well, I already know what happens, and mm. I don't need all the same moments, so... Um, okay, well, that was a fun diversion. Woo! <laughs> so, Who doesn't like a diversion right at the very end? <laughs> you guys love the long podcast. Email oh. if you don't. <laughs> We're just emails, so we miss you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we thank you for listening. Again, we will be back next week with six more things. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Tell to